It's that time of year again. Utah is headed to the transfer portal to try to fill various positional needs. Which positions are they going to be targeting? Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On YouTube your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. My name is JT Wistersil, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking all things transfer portal. And then we will close it out with something on the Utah men's basketball team getting a huge win over St. Mary's earlier this week. But first, as I mentioned, got to start talking about the transfer portal. It has just started to really fill up across college football. Utah's had a couple of players depart. We'll mention those more so in a second. But first, do want to dive into the specific positional needs I have for Utah, and we're going to be doing that. Also talk about if they need an experienced QB in the second segment, an experienced backup QB, I should say, because obviously that became an issue this season, was not having at what we felt like was an adequate backup for Cam Rising, and I have some thoughts on uh, if that adequate backup is currently on the roster. Hint, I, I very much so think he is. So talking about which uh, position should Utah be looking to target in the transfer portal, the very first one that I think Utah – needs to target in the transfer portal is wide receiver. Now there's another position that more of you might be like, what they need to actually go here. But let me explain why I think receiver is the much more important position. When you look at defensive backs, what will be my second biggest need, but I think a lot of people that'll be their first biggest need because you've now had four players exit via the transfer portal from the defensive backfield. You're going to lose a guy like miles battle. Who's out of his eligibility. And those are just, you know, those are kind of the main departures. That's not even mentioning a guy like Cole Bishop, who is also capable of, who is also very likely, not likely, I should say very much so in the mix to depart the team. So talking about this Utah football team, and those positional needs, as I said, wide receiver to me has to be at the top of the list because of all the defensive backs that have departed, only Miles Battle was a start because we still don't know with Cole Bishop. So while it's a need, it's not as big of a need right now because all you lost is depth and you didn't even lose a lot of the backups. A lot of like the very, like the next string guys who stepped onto the field are still with the team. Even a guy like Fabian Marks, who was one of your main backups, but Smith Snowden, Teo Johnson still kind of filled in more. Miles Battle was even kind of the other one. The year started the top two corners on this roster, Zamaya Vaughn and JT Broughton. The top two corners on this roster are still Zamaya Vaughn and JT Broughton. So it's just getting those depth pieces around those guys that's going to be important. But anyways, the receivers, you do you lose your top wide receiver. More than likely, based on what we, we said, Josh Furlong reported that it's more than likely that Devon Vele is going to be heading off to the NFL. You're kind of just waiting to hear the announcement and what the latest is on that. As much as I would love it if Devon comes back, I've talked about it numerous times on the show as I totally understand that and feel like that could very well be the best move for him to try to capitalize on the late season success he had then but moving on from him you also lose some other guys in the receiver room whether you're talking about a makai cope emory simmons is moving on so now you've lost your number one receiver and you've lost other guys that were at least the main backups or expected to contribute more and i know all those guys didn't but they were still main backups where once again the defensive backs like if there was an injury you still have the top 
guys who are going to be backups are mostly still on this roster. So yeah, receiver to me has to be the main target. I think with Cam Rising coming back, there will be some appeal to a player out there who will want to come in and be this team's potential number one receiver. Because he'll be the number one receiver, but he I can't say he's the number one pass catcher because that's, of course, where we have to mix in and throw in a guy like Brant Keithy. And we know Landon King is kind of in the process, too, of, of his ascension as well. So those are things that have to weigh heavily, obviously, and factor into this this talk this conversation is whenever you're recruiting a receiver number one utah receiver numbers aren't fantastic anyways for the most part but usually one really pops off that was valet this year in the last two years that's where i think that position is still valuable but there are obviously other roster spots or just other college football teams that air it out and throw it a lot more than utah does where the best receivers probably aren't going to come here but if you're a really good number, think you could be a really good number one receiver. I think it makes a lot of a sense for someone to come here. So that's what'll be interesting to kind of look and see and monitor how this situation ends up shaking out for Utah, the receiver position. Um, of, and could obviously they need that number one guy more so than anything. And then the other spots is just about filling out depth. And I also should say, I think that it would be a good idea for Utah to get another vertical threat. We know Money Parks does a good job of that, but. He really only had that one game-changing big ball he brought in. I don't know if he had another pass over 30 yards all season. So that's where I think it would be nice for Utah to try and go out there and add another guy. I still like Money Parks. I think he does a good job. And defense have to respect his speed. And I think with Cam Rising, he would have had an even better year than he did this year. But it, it's still one of those things where he didn't produce. So that's where I still think you want to get, for whatever the factors are, that's why I still think you bring someone else in to, uh, to challenge in that spot. And yes, Makai Cope, we already said he's transferring. I think in large part of that, that's due to Mikey Matthews and how and his emergence and how strong he's looked inside. So that's another one too. But defensive backs, obviously still a huge need for this team in terms of transfer portal depth because of the amount of players that have exited recently, whether it is, as we mentioned, due to the portal or just guys like a Miles Battle exiting. Cole Bishop could be likely to follow. So this is a Utah team that has recruited defensive backs very well. Miles Battle ended up being a, a pretty good addition for this team this year. And yes, Utah got gashed by Washington, Arizona in that game too. The Arizona one's a little bit of a weird one just because Cole Bishop and, you know, John Ellis, a lot of credit read those guys were all off, but you know, the best version is Utah defense got gashed badly by Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Now here's what I'm going to say about that is and like why miles battle and defense did a good job. Everyone got gashed by Michael Penix and Bo Nix. So I'm not looking at that defense and thinking to myself like, Oh, Hey, they're not good enough right now or anything like that. Like Utah still has very good defensive backs on their roster. They have very good defensive back coaches. I know this was a conversation a little bit in the comments, which I, some people were pushing back on the coaching for Utah. The guys were in position to make plays. They just didn't always make it. But once again, they made plays against everyone except for really Oregon and Washington and the one and the other one being Arizona. And once again, with Arizona, when you talk about the Arizona game, it's an asterisk again because all the guys that were out to me that has to matter when you're missing arguably your three best defenders. And you got a guy in Sony Vaki and it was in the mix for that three best defenders too, even. And he was not even 100% because he was sick. So that's where all, all that stuff just has to matter, in my opinion. And when you're talking about this conversation, and I do just once again think that this Utah team is in a good position with their defensive backs they have. Because if we're looking at the what the depth chart will be next year, your top two defensive backs, of course, are once again going to be. JT Broughton and Zamaya Vaughn. Vaughn would be the one and then Broughton the two, I would expect. But then you got a guy like Smith Snowden who's right there and primed to me to take over. So that's where it's like, and I like the flashes that we saw from Smith Snowden in the limited reps we had this year. I think he's ready for that spot. So yes, do I want this team to bring in other pieces and players to push those guys? Of course, but I, I like the recruits that are in the room already. And I think it's only a matter of time. CJ Blocker being another guy um, 
you know, at Utah. So I think that he's another guy that'll have a chance to break out and emerge. So that's where, like I said, I just think that this is a Utah team that has a lot of those pieces already in place. And I think defensive back wise, I, I still think they're okay. I just don't feel like they really need to go and find that main starter because they already have their starters. Yes. Do we want to improve the depth because you lost the depth? Yeah. But I, once again, the starters just not that big of a concern to me overall. And uh, yeah, I, I, once again, just don't think that's as big a concern as some people label it out to be. But there are other positions that I think are maybe not needs, but other positions Utah needs to target in the transfer portal outside of wide receiver and defensive back, although those two are, are the biggest ones I would be looking at if I was Utah. And I want to discuss those positions with all of you a little bit further in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Lockdown Utes in our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. With prize picks, you can do fun get bets like if Steph Curry is going to go for more than 29 points, Nikola Jokic for more than 10 rebounds. You think Christian McCaffrey will have more than 75 yards rushing and Patrick Mahomes for more than two passing touchdowns. Plus, you can also mix and match because with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three pointers made plus reception. Prize pick even offers you a reboot, reboot policy so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Players and stat types are easy to find. What you're searching for, you can highlight your winnings at prize picks easily, and it's just a fun and simple experience of playing the game. So you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. Learn and earn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate, but parents, they don't always know the answers. That's where Learn and Earn comes in because Learn and Earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed to stores for gift cards like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family. You can compete against each other and track their progress on leadership boards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. All right, keeping the transfer talk rolling, let's jump to quarterbacks, which quarterback on my list is actually the fifth biggest need. There's cornerback, offensive, or excuse me, receiver. It's actually the sixth biggest sneaks. I misspoke. My list goes, and I'd love to hear your guys' list in the comments for transfer portal targets Utah needs to find. I have cornerback, offensive line, safeties. I kind of roped defensive backs into one earlier because it's the same thing kind of when I talked about the corners mainly, but if we're talking about defensive backs really quickly, Sione Vaki will be back. And then obviously you need one other main guy across from him. And it sounds like that's what the, who they want Teo Johnson to be. And Teo Johnson, I think, fits in nicely at free safety. Or if Cole Bishop comes back, they'll just continue to roll with that combination of Cole Bishop and Baki. Still got Nate Ritchie rounding into form too. And, you know, Jonathan Hall still in the mix. So there, there's lots of guys to me that Utah still has at the safety room. That's where it's still is nice to add depth because I do have a feeling there's still a chance Bishop departs, even though I'm, I go back and forth on that. Part of me is like he's going to come back. Then I feel like he he's going to stay. Like it just... 
or I mean depart. That's it's still one of those things up in the air. But either way, that's where I sit at with the safeties. We'll talk about the offensive line and tight ends a little more. I think that could be a need as well. But the reason quarterback is so low on my list versus I think a lot of people are going to have this one higher. There are a lot of really good quarterbacks in the transfer portal right now. Utah will not land any of them. It's the same reason they didn't land any last year, although the difference from this year to last year is Cam Rising's actually going to play this, this coming season versus he did not play the season we just got done with. So that no quarterback transfers from their school who's done a really good job to come sit behind Cam Rising. It makes no sense. No one would want to do that. So I think when some of you are looking at backup quarterback options, keep that in mind that you're not landing a guy who – was a starter and balled out. They're not looking to be a backup and be under Cam Rising. And also say this again for why it's not a lead, for now it's not a need. Utah has one of the best backup quarterbacks in college football. Bryson Barnes is a fantastic backup quarterback. And I know that, you know, guys like Arizona, like Fifita ended up, or, or excuse me, Fifita, I, I think I mispronounced, I mispronounced his name from time to time, so I apologize for that. I should have double-checked it before we uh, we recorded again. But um, he was just one who popped in my mind because a lot of people were talking about, yes, he was a backup. But he's the rare backup who's a starter. Like, that's where it's just hard to find those. Yes, you find those recruits and guys who are like and can do that. And hope I would love it if that was what Isaac Wilson was for Utah this next season. And, man, what a tremendous season he had. We got to talk about that here short, soon on the show. And Corner uh, Kennedy in general, winning state championship, uh, what a dominant run that that team had, but we'll talk about that in a future episode, but you have your already veteran backup. Who's proven that when your starter gets hurt, can come in and win you games. That is all you want at this level. Like, yes, it would be awesome to have a backup who is just capable of coming in and the offense doesn't make a beat and look exactly the same or like have what happened at Arizona. where you have Jaden Delora who ends up being the one who gets benched, but we have to be realistic. That's not what happens most of the time when you have backup quarterbacks. So Yes, I, I just I like where Utah's at. And that's Brandon Rose is also still in the mix for the backup quarterback job. So to me, next year, Utah will have three guys, let's say without even mentioning a guy in Batari, who I think can throw it a little better than Utah even really allowed him to show because they, if Bryson was a game manager, then uh, Luke Batari was the, was, I, I don't even, I can't even think of a clever enough uh, term to describe what Luke Batari was in the Colorado game. I mean, they only let him throw the ball 10 times. So that's where he completed six of the passes. Looked fine, but he's another guy. So that's, Four potential guys mixed in for the backup job already, all of which as backup quarterbacks, I feel very good about. And once again, no one who balled out at whatever level, FCS, group of five, I, I don't care. They're not going to come and be Cam Rising's backup. No one wants to do that. So transfer quarterback is very low on my list. I like the guys that Utah's. I didn't even mention a guy like a Mac Howard too, who's still, you know, just in the mix trying to make his way through this Utah program. So this, those would be fun conversations to have as we get to spring ball and, uh, see how all that will shake out in terms of watching those guys go to work at their spring practices. But alrighty, moving on from those, that group of quarterbacks, I want to talk about my other two positions that I highlighted. Offensive line. So I do think Utah is going to lose. Satawa Laumea for sure. At the moment I'm recording this is another one I flip back and forth on is Cole Bishop and Keaton Bills are like the two biggest guys. I feel like I can't decide what they're going to do. At the moment, I feel like Keaton's coming back when I say this. So I think it'll be left to right offensive line. It will be you know, Spencer Fano is still going to be there. Keaton Bills. I think Johnny Mayer or Coley, that'll be the center battle once again. Mokafisi in at right guard. So then Utah needs a right tackle. Now, I like Falcon Kalmatule, but he just got beat up by Spencer Fano. Credit Spencer Fano. He is a true freshman, but that's where it's also like, and Spencer's only going to continue to get better. And I thought he did a good job, but Spencer wasn't great this year, as we talked about too. And, and maybe that's where they want Tongai to switch over to right tackle, but Tongai wasn't great either. So I would like Utah to go out and add a veteran offensive tackle 
through the transfer portal as well. And I think I, I look, Jaron Kump had his ups and downs this season as well, but I think as a backup offensive lineman, I think he can still function very well. So that's where I feel good about some of the interior depth. You have a guy in Caleb Lomu as well, who just factors into the overall depth of the offensive line. But I would look for Utah. If I was Utah, I'd be looking into big uh, tackles through the transfer portal, just trying to find someone to potentially compete for that job or maybe even win it because you're going to more than likely be losing Satawa Laumea. So I do think it would be big for this team to still have those kind of other that another elite, another stout offensive lineman in places. The offensive line it was a down year for the offensive line. That was the one position that we felt like, okay, this wasn't as good as they had uh, been in the past. They clearly missed Braden Daniels. Also, you know, I thought Paul Miley, I think a lot of people took him for granted what he did back in 2022 because I thought, wow, Coley did a good job. Kump did a good job at time. Well, Kump, Kump was okay. He had his struggles, as we highlighted. Uh, but Coley, ups and downs too. I thought Johnny Maia was a little bit better. This is not Johnny Maia. I thought Paul Miley was a little better production the center position than utah had gotten uh from last season too so yeah that's where my thoughts on the offensive line and uh then the last one oh the tight end so utah does lose thomas yasmin i think earlier this week i said yasmin might be able to come back he does not have any eligibility left i actually uh, double checked that and confirmed so utah in terms of their top two tight ends brant keith you feel great about when him coming back you feel really good about landon king and what he showed then you get mickey sugataraga but I still would, I'd be okay if Utah went and found the blocking tight end more than anything. I felt like Mickey still really was just, he was okay in that role. He had some nice blocks. He would also just look uncomfortable because he hadn't played that position live in game reps or like that, or just always hard to replicate. So that's where to me, I, I just think that Utah should go out and find a better, stronger blocking tight end. They found Logan Kendall. He was so fantastic for this team. Looking at like for a type of guy kind of in that mold is very much so what I would love to see. Utah do it just find a guy who I do think would do a, a very good job in that position and in that role so yeah that's where I feel like Utah should go transfer portal wise I don't think I left anywhere out pass rush wise even if Jonah Ellis still leaves which the I I think that that's one too where I could maybe see Utah going after it but if you're looking at the defensive end depth you have Van Fillinger and then you have across from him, I don't know why I'm blanking, but Connor O'Toole, Coach Witt called the best pass rusher coming into the season. So you get O'Toole back and healthy. I think he'll be even better next season. And the depth is Chase Kennedy and Logan Fano once he's back and healthy. I love the defensive end depth. The D-tackle depth, also fantastic. Linebackers, I think Karene Reed and Leovani Demuni are both coming back, at least last I saw, because I don't think Demuni is out of eligibility either. So, yeah, once again, just how could you not feel good about where Utah is at all those positions? Too? Running back, obviously, so many guys. Uh, Utah's got a treasure chest of guys that can do and produce successfully for them there. So, yeah, that's where I think that uh, those positions Utah is is all set out. And I don't think I've forgot one off the top of my head. So, uh, yeah, that's where I stand on Utah in the portal. We'll talk about potential targets on a show soon in Locked On Utes. Do want to talk about the potential bowl possibilities. There's just still so many guys and names and everything still popping up in the portal. I'd rather let a few more players jump into that. And then on next week's show, we'll talk about the potential targets. Tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about the bowl possibilities that Utah could be facing off against and this couple of bowls that they could potentially end up in. That is going to be on tomorrow's show. But I do want to close out talking about the Utah men's basketball basketball team because they got a very nice win against St. Mary's and we are going to be diving into that very shortly but first I want to talk to you guys about a sponsor of Locked On Utes and our great friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. 
When you're hiring for small businesses, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that the small businesses are wearing so many hats right now that you have not the time or resources to have as thorough of a hiring process. That's where LinkedIn comes in because they process is intuitive, quick, and easy. And they just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Alrighty, let's talk about the Utah men's basketball team on the season four and two so far. And, you know, they had that big win against Wake Forest earlier, and now they go in and beat St. Mary's 78 to 72. Another one where how can you just not come away impressed with this Utah team? They score 40 points in the second half and just got to love what I love it about Utah right now is kind of the growth you're seeing from guys who have been with the program for a couple of years, whether it's a Kaba who I shouldn't say a couple of years, he's enters his second year with this team, but you know, Kaba just continues to look and just impress, you know, six rebounds in this one, four points, just feels like his game continues to grow, always has block, emphatic blocks and these moments in action too. And I think what's awesome about a game like this, where you beat St. Mary's is Brandon Carlson only scored seven points. If you would have told me Utah would beat St. Mary's when Brandon Carlson only scored seven, I would have thought you were crazy, but what is the difference between this year's Utah team and last year's Utah men's basketball team so far? If you look at last year's team, that's where you have Brandon Carlson, who was kind of the do everything. And also Utah didn't have the spacing they had, which made it harder for Brandon to always score and operate, especially late in the season. Once he had the injury to Gabe Madsen versus this year, Utah's spacing has been electric in terms of three point shooting for Utah. They had three guys in this game, make two threes. I just don't feel like that happened on a lot of occasions last year, and especially against big opponents like this one. You had Raleigh Wooster, two for four, Gabe Madsen, two for five, and Cole Badgema, two for four. Cole Badgema, what an ad he's been for Utah. And also six for nine at the free throw line, so got to love that from Badgema too. But he has been just an instant impact type of player, which is exactly what you're hoping to see and what this team really needed to find through the transfer portal. And he's Badgema's done a great job once again, just so impressed with him and the spacing that Madsen Badgema and Wooster have provided allows Utah to play a big lineup where you get a Lawson Lovering and a Brandon Carlson playing next to one another. Then you have a guy in Ben Carlson who's been better off the bench this year than he was as a starter a year ago. I already mentioned Kaba and his athleticism. Hunter Erickson, a guy who comes from Salt Lake Community College over to the University of Utah producing. And I'm feeling good about Craig Smith's team and co. And if with their ability to shoot and just that inside presence, Lawson Lovering is the rim protector. And then we know with Brandon Carlson too, once again, his ability just to not just hit shots as well, but the length, the ability to be a center. Just Utah has so much impressive size on their roster currently right now. That combination of size and shooting is, is tough to reckon with. And I think it's going to lead to this Utah team continuing to find upsets, which I'm I'm excited to witness and see. And it's going to be fun to see this Utah team who also does a great job competing on de defense as Craig Smith always has them locked in and ready to go. But, you know, winning a game like this, 78 to 71 against St. Mary's, very impressive stuff by Craig Smith and co. They're going to continue to be tested throughout the season, obviously playing in the gauntlet that can be the Pac-12 when you got teams like UCLA, USC, all coming up on the grind, Colorado. Another one, Arizona, of course. How could I forget them? Arizona State still going to be a tough out. Just Oregon, 
Oh, just to name a few. So last season for Utah in the Pac-12 for basketball, but starting it off with some nice non-conference wins right now. You've got Hawaii coming up soon. BYU will also be taking on Utah inside the Huntsman, so it's going to be a fun one. Lots of fun stuff for the men's basketball team. We'll be catching up with the women's basketball team tomorrow, diving into them. And as I mentioned earlier, also discussing the bowl possibilities for Utah. That is going to do it for our show today. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Please subscribe if you stay to the end. I'm going to imagine if you did stay to the end, you probably already are a subscriber. And once again, we appreciate your contributions and your support for this show every day. Since we are in the offseason mode a little bit while we wait on the potential bowl game, which we will find out where Utah will be playing on Sunday, let me know if you guys want me to hear anything talk have any questions talk about i'm always looking through the comments and especially for those of you who do listen to the end of the show i would love to have your voices feel more heard by discussing things that you guys want me to talk about so please leave those comments in below that is going to do it for today's show and we'll be back with you tomorrow